for some reason in May 2013, I decided to stop eating sugar. I I used to go by the secretary's desk. She always had a bowl of candy there. And I would, every time I passed by, I would grab one. So May of 2013, I stopped that based on what I learned in those videos. Wow. So in, upon hearing that my diagnosis, I knew immediately I had to change my diet because of the forks over knives, et cetera. And this gave me comfort I, because it was something I had control over. So it helped me, I think, deal with my diagnosis and uh, I studied everything I could get my hands on. And of course, that's how I learned about uh, somehow along the way I learned about square one and then from there learned about healing strong as we all seem to do. Welcome back to the I Am Healing Strong podcast. I'm Allie Powell and I have my friend Jim Mann on the line. Yes, I'm on the line here. We're, we're actually in the uh, 74th floor of uh, Man Made Production Global Studios. Yes, that's right. The view is amazing up here. Thank you. Yeah. How did you How did you do this? All of this, all your dynasty up here. Uh, it's just how I live, Allie. You know that. You're big time like that. Yeah. Well, you know, theater of the mind. I learned it in radio. I'm actually at my studio at my house, and you're half an hour away at your soundproof theater. Yes, exactly. But you didn't have to give it away. I mean, we were doing pretty good. I had okay. the visual and everything. Yeah, but I'm, I live in reality. Oh, how's it working? It's, I don't like reality. so Not, not so well. <laughs> I'm going back to the 74th floor or whatever it was. Somebody okay, just, I'm coming with you. Okay, the elevator just slow. So. We have another friend with us on the 74th floor. We do. She should be up here any moment. Betty Roush. She's coming from Colorado, so that might take a while also. <laughs> but uh, she is one of those young retired people. It's really irritating me. 55 and retired? That's, I'm on that game plan. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to make that work. Well, she retired at 55. I, don't, I didn't ask her. You obviously can't be on that game plan. You've already passed that. Yeah, I did. And I'm not retired now, okay? Just I'm throwing that out there. Oh, you're not? <laughs> no, but she and her husband are both engineers. She's a software engineer, and he was an electric engineer, electrical engineer, so they're probably both very uh, logical thinkers. She has a cancer story, but it was very, very beginning of cancer. But, you know, it's still cancer. It's still cancer, and it's still trauma, so let's hear what she has to say. Okay. Well, once again, I find myself in Colorado, figuratively speaking, talking to Betty Roush in my favorite state of Colorado. Seems like everyone I talk to is either in Colorado or Utah. Everyone loves the mountains. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're a skier like we are, you definitely love the mountains. Yeah, I've never skied the Rockies or anything out that way. I've skied uh, uh, in Tennessee and North Carolina, which are just bumps to you people. What? I know. I know. They're like little bunny slopes for you. There is some, you know, it's usually fake snow also or from snow machines. I'm surprised it gets cold enough. Not too long. But up in the mountains, it gets kind of cold. I mean, up in the bumps, it gets kind of cold enough, but. Just enough to enjoy it. But now I'm like, eh, I might be too old to go to the Rockies and try it. Because if I go down, I might not get up correctly. <laughs> so Actually, easier. I would learn to ski on the East Coast. And it was ice skiing, basically. And it's easier out here because the powder is like talcum powder. All right. I'm on my way. Yeah. That'd be great. Yes. Well, hey, I understand you are a group leader 
Yeah. So I moved to Colorado about a year and a half ago from Albuquerque, where I, I was a group leader there. Uh-huh. I was actually, I started as a group leader the very last time they had physical group leader books. <laughs> okay. It wasn't, wasn't all just online. So then um, I moved to here in Colorado a year and a half ago and got a hold of the local group leader, Michelle Marr. And so she was happy to have me co-lead with her. But a few months later, she and her husband decided to uh, sell everything, get into a camper and explore the U.S. to see where they want to live next. Wow. Handed over the reins. (laughs) Okay, man. That's exciting, that kind of stuff. Just being able to uh, up in a camper or converted school bus. I've always wanted to do that also. And just kind of roam. I don't think my wife wants to do that. So obviously we won't do it. But uh, I just I like that kind of adventure. Again, it's probably because I my focus is not the best, <laughs> so constantly moving will be good for me. Yeah. So why why'd you pick Colorado? Is it uh, your husband's job or? No, we are both retired. In fact, I had just retired in Albuquerque, and we always knew that we wanted to move to Colorado. Once mm. I retired, we have some uh, really good friends here. They have two little boys, so we want to you know, be here to watch them grow up. We, of course, have uh, being in New Mexico, we traveled to Colorado quite a bit to mm-hmm. do the touristy thing and just loved it here. And now you were in corporate for quite a while, right? Yes. I was a software engineer at Sandia National Labs. And what did your husband do? I'm just nosy. He was uh, an electrical engineer at the Air Force Research Lab. Oh, okay. Man, those, those two jobs are Sound exciting to me. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? For the most part, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's the important thing. It's not apparently it was not your passion, like you couldn't wait to get there every day, but it's something you enjoyed enough to, well, to enjoy it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how else to say that, but but yeah, being able to retire. You sound too young to re- be retired. Well, I, I was able to retire at age fifty-five, so that is. Fairly young for the most people, I think. Yeah, you're just a child. You need some grown-ups around. <laughs> well, I didn't used to think that was a child, but now I do because, you know, I'm in my mid-60s now. So it sounds like you just got your driver's license. <laughs> yeah. So you have uh, you have a cancer story uh, that kind of it's, it's enough to keep you alert to health, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure. So uh, in October of 2013 is when I received my diagnosis of chronic lymphocytic leukemia, or CLL. And uh, my diagnosis was uh, watch and wait, or stage zero. So fortunately, the doctor wasn't trying to threaten me with any treatments or giving me fear tactics like you hear. Other than he did say, in eight years, you're going to need treatment. And... (laughs) I was like, no, I'm going to prove this guy wrong. So the 2021 was the eight-year mark, and my numbers, they they monitor your WBC and lymphocytes, and all my numbers are about the same as at diagnosis, and they still are today. Mm. So um, I think God prepared me for this diagnosis because about a year before that, um, he directed me to watch forks over knives and Dr. Furman's Eat to Live, and um, the PBS 
that was on PBS, and then Super Juice Me about a year before diagnosis. And so I was experimenting with vegan meals at that time. Then, I don't know, for some reason in May 2013, I decided to stop eating sugar. I, I used to go by the secretary's desk. She always had a bowl of candy there. And I would, every time I passed by, I would grab one. So May of 2013, I stopped that based on what I learned in those videos. Wow. So in, upon hearing that my diagnosis, I knew immediately I had to change my diet because of the forks over knives, et cetera. And this gave me comfort I, because it was something I had control over. So it helped me, I think, deal with my diagnosis. And uh, I studied everything I could get my hands on. And then, of course, that's how I learned about uh, somehow along the way I learned about square one and then from there learned about healing strong as we all seem to do. <laughs> yeah. That's the trail. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, obviously you love the outdoors, otherwise you wouldn't have moved to Colorado. So you're healthy and you're eating right, doing everything correctly. Uh, was there, I mean, was there a lot of stress in your life or, or just anything that seemed to be out of, out of balance or is this just something, is it, Something that runs in your family, or or how, how do you well, think that came about? Leukemia in general doesn't run in my family, but cancer does. Okay. And I wonder if there was some some aspect of it was a mindset of well, everybody else in my family got cancer, I probably will. So, mm. you know, you set your mindset on something, and probably going to happen, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say I was doing everything right now. You know, having <laughs> being in stage zero. And having those symptoms, it's kind of hard to do all that juicing and those giant salads. But I, I do eat, I try to do, I think, more of a prevention method where right. I eat plant-based. And I do have smoothies a couple of times a week. And I changed out all my personal care products and cleaning products. And I exercise and pray. And to, of course, take supplements. So many people that I talk to on this podcast, you know, they're already doing the right stuff. And so, I mean, obviously, if you're just eating garbage like uh, lots of Americans do, fast foods and processed foods and, and eating a lot of sugar, which is probably one of my issues. I eat a lot of sugar because I'm a, a skinny guy. I've always been skinny, could never gain weight, which people thought was a blessing. I saw it as a curse. You know, because what guy wants to be a skinny little fella? I mean, I ate some good stuff, but mostly I supplemented it with a lot of sugar, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is not smart. But I thought, well, hey, you know, my dad, he ate healthy, but he always had dessert, you know, and ice cream was his weakness. But and he lived to 96, never had an issue. So I thought, well, yeah, I'm never going to have an issue. No big deal. Of course, working outside in Florida when your hair is uh, mostly gone, that's probably not good uh, to keep away from melanoma, which is what I got on top of my head. So I'm sure that's what that was. But yeah, it's just lots of people have that mindset where I'm healthy. It's not going to happen to me. It always happens to somebody else until they get the diagnosis. And then they kind of freak out thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. I'm dying this week or, or whatever they feel. In your case, that's so weird that he says eight years. Why did he pick eight years? I'm guessing that's just based on his experience. I've never heard anybody say it that, that far out. Man, eight years, you're going to be coming back to me. We'll get things going. Was he Was he thinking like you'll need 
chemo or transfusions? Uh, they have specific medicines that they give for CLL, and apparently mm. they're supposed to be pretty um, effective. You know, okay. I, thankfully, I've never had to ask the 20 questions for your oncologist that yeah. uh, Chris Wark has out there to know exactly what I would have to do with, deal with. Yeah. So now that you're, you're tied in with Healing Strong, uh, you feel, I'm assuming, uh, and of course, the pathways you took going through square one and uh, the forks over knives and all that good stuff, you, you probably feel pretty well equipped with making sure that uh, it doesn't ever come back or show its ugly head or whatever the situation may be, right? Yeah, that's the idea. What, what did your husband think when uh, when you got that diagnosis? That Of course, engineers, engineers are always calm, aren't they? No, no, he was pretty freaked out, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, he had watched um, those shows with me, but uh, I don't know, maybe he didn't internalize it like I did. I was the one trying, I'm, of course, the cook in the house, so yeah. I was the one that put it into action. Well, it's kind of nice that he freaked out, so, you know, shows that he loves you, right? Right. Better than saying, well, whatever, better you than me. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a good reaction. No. <laughs> Now you've been uh, how long have you been a group member? Like four years or uh since twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, okay. Coming up on five years. Man, you're like an old pro. <laughs> yeah. I've always had a fairly small group. I'm not the best at advertising, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, even in Albuquerque, our group was we had four or five regular members and here it's four or five regular members, even though my mailing list is about sixty. Wow, man. That's, that sounds huge. Mine, you know, my, I have like eight people. Usually four will show up at a shot. Also a couple of weeks, nobody showed up. And I, you know, I live several towns over and I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. And then all of a sudden I'm getting all these calls from new people that are either here in the podcast and are going to the website and finding a group. And I get some calls and I'm like, yep, yeah, I need to keep doing this. Looking for someone to come alongside that likes leading these groups, but you know it is so easy to lead a group because you know, like if you use the curriculum which they suggest. I mean that's all video based, and uh, they also have a book. And of course, you know a whole lot more about the curriculum than I do, which we want to talk about here in a second. But uh, it's not rocket science. You don't have to have a teaching degree or be an extrovert stand up and lecture anybody. I mean, I pretty much, we share stories, especially if there's somebody new, we find out what their story is and what they're going through, what it is they're looking for, you know, how we can help them. Um, and, you know, we talk a little bit more about what Healing Strong is, and then we go through the curriculum, and then usually it's it's time to leave. We chat a little at the end, but that's pretty much it. Is that, how do you do your groups? I'm just nosy once again. Well, I'm kind of a rule follower, so I follow exactly <laughs> what the book says pretty much. And, <laughs> but I mean, I had never been forced to a meeting before. And so I found the group leader guide very easy to follow to, to make it uh, easy as a group leader to get started. Yeah. Do you have snacks and stuff? Well, right now we're only meeting on Zoom. When Michelle oh, okay. left, we lost our meeting place because we were meeting at her workplace. And I found a free place at the library, but I think people didn't like the time that I chose. Or, well, but the library doesn't open until 10 a.m. And people were liking the, the earlier time. 
So um, we're uh, we're just now on Zoom now, and actually, I have people, a lot of people, just in this time zone. Uh, They're not all just from Colorado. Hmm. Okay. Anybody from South Carolina? Because they should be in my group. (laughs) No, (laughs) they're in this time zone, not your time zone. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So what what have you, you know, I've learned a lot from the different uh, participants. Have you, have you learned from your group? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I take a copious notes every time we have a meeting. Yeah. But I'll follow up and research things like this one lady. Uh, she's actually about an hour South of here in, in um, Pueblo, mm-hmm. Colorado. And she talked about uh, somebody she works or knows with, uh, that, discusses the mouth microbiome, which I had never heard of before. And he talks about the toothpaste, even some of the natural ones might be ruining our mouth microbiome. So mm. I'm looking into that now. Okay. I'm looking into how to make my own toothpaste. Man, I'm going to write that down. I've never heard of that either. <laughs> yeah. I, unfortunately, so uh, I you haven't gotten into this yet. Um, but before I started working on the curriculum, um, I, I hadn't heard of this. And so unfortunately, it was after that that I heard all about this, or otherwise I would try to incorporate something into the updated curriculum. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about that curriculum since, you know, we're going through that in our group and we're doing the video version, but you have been working alongside with of some others, I believe, uh, updating it. Is there a lot of changes or what, uh, what's the new uh, curriculum about? Well, it began with uh, Barbara Duck. She's the one I've been working with. And I mm-hmm. were informing Susie about all these broken links and typos. And we thought, okay, this will be a quick, easy project. And it just <laughs> kept growing and growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like making a renovation in a house and all of a sudden it links to something else. And Yeah. Exactly. So we, it was actually a little over a year long project doing this. Of course, Barbara and I are, are volunteers, so we were doing it as we could. Mm-hmm. When things would, our personal life would come up, we'd have to take a break. But we worked closely with Susie. We would have regular Zoom calls with her. And um, we wound up adding things to the curriculum, like more about um Gallbladder detox was one thing. We added infrared saunas for detoxing. We, uh, the biggest thing I think that came out of this, and then the biggest reason I think uh, God drove this reason for the update is Barbara had this aha moment. I think it was in October when we were all meeting in person that why don't we have anything in the curriculum about a salvation prayer or somebody, something for even group leaders may not know, know the Lord mm-hmm. uh, and or their members. And so now we have a video that Susie's husband did to guide somebody through the salvation prayer, the short 10 minute video. And I think that again is the biggest reason God drove this curriculum update. Right. Okay. So is this all, is it, has the, the video been redone or is it in the book or? It's all in the the materials. I don't know when they'll update the uh, videos. They're not. It's not that huge of a change that they you, you really have to update the videos. Okay. It's more like links again that were broken, and we had to find new links to the material. Right. And 
um, like just little different additions and subtractions. For example, Susie wanted to remove some of the some of the brands that were mentioned in the original curriculum. She wanted to stick to ones that supported healing strong. Right. Okay. So it's more like a technical changes and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That all makes sense. Wow. Something made sense to me. <laughs> we also made it easier for the group leader, I think. Okay. And that's what yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. There were some things that were uh, duplicated in some places that I didn't think needed to be. And so it kind of made it confusing. So I remember as a new group leader, I was going through that beginning curriculum stuff for the group leader and thinking, okay, where was that thing that said I had to read the disclaimer? Where is that? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cause my wife, I mean, she was a teacher for years. And so she thinks in terms of, I mean, she can easily navigate this kind of stuff, it, which I just get lost. I don't know how I made it through school, actually, come to think of it. But, hey, that's a little, that's a little ways back. That's when we had a one-room schoolhouse, so it's fine. <laughs> um, I just jumped on the horse and rode back home. But, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's like an organized mind, which I don't really have. Music and art are my strengths and math, which doesn't make sense. But, uh, actually, it does. Oh, because the logical part of it? Music and math are actually t uh, tightly close, uh, tied together. Yeah, that's true. Is math all through music? I like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about the art part? Oh, I know why. Because my art, any art I do, has to be symmetrical. <laughs> oh. I'm not good with abstract art. So, yeah, okay, that makes sense. My life is coming together now since I've talked to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. So where do you see things going from here as far as, uh, other than skiing all the time, it's just terrible, but I mean, you see yourself still leading a group or helping others, you know, find hope. Oh yeah. I'm definitely going to continue leading my group and I've been praying about this for what's next. I, when I originally retired, I thought I was going to study to become a health coach. Mm. Because of everything I've learned, I've had friends told me tell me that I should do something with it, like become a health coach. Okay. And but after this, working with Susie and Healing Strong, I'm you know praying about whether God wants me to continue helping Healing Strong. So I'm not quite sure what's next yet, other than leading, continuing to lead my group. <laughs> wow, of course. Um, are you going to be part of the 10th year celebration coming up in September? That is the plan. In fact. Barbara, Duck, and I, we never got a chance to meet in person, so we're planning to meet in person at that event. Oh, that's right. She's in North Carolina, isn't she? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right above, right? A little bit north of me. I just love Barbara, Duck, and her daughter starting that Duck, Duck Juice. It just gets me all the time. Yeah, that is a cute name. <laughs> you being an outdoors person, which, you know, is very healthy, what do you, why do you see it? to be important to be outside or you just do it because you love it. I just do it because I love it. I, I'm very, I'm a redhead. so very fair skin. So I have to be careful of the sun, unfortunately, but I, I love all the vistas that we have out here when I go hiking and when I go stand up paddle boarding, the, you know, there's views of the mountains while you're just drifting around on the lake. It's just beautiful. 
Ah, yeah. I have a one of my daughters is a, a redhead and very fair skin. In fact, people always say, "Why don't you get outside more?" She's like, "I live in Florida. I'm outside a lot. I just do not tan, and I got to be careful, you know, being out in the sun too much anyway." But and she got she got that from me. She blames me all the time, but she loves it too. She's got beautiful red hair. Um, people always compliment her hair, but then they try to help her get a tan. I'm like, don't don't help her ruin her skin. I mean, she's she's beautiful, and that's the blessing she got from me, Mister Melanoma Boy. <laughs> I say, yeah, just make sure you use that sunscreen because I was terrible back when I was growing up. It wasn't that big of a deal. Of course, it, it is in my life now. That's something definitely look into. And then I think my oldest son also has reddish hair. Mine was Auburn. My daughter's is just a beautiful red. The people say, oh, my gosh, did you color it like that? But it's it's just a beautiful thing. So she wears green a lot. Looks yeah. great. <laughs> I, I like to wear green. Yeah, I get uh, compliments on my hair color. My husband for a while wanted me to dye it blonde and I was like, what? no, this is too unique. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Cause my, my daughter's fiance at the time, now husband, he wanted her to dye it blonde and she did it and it just did not look right. <laughs> and so he's, he like apologized and uh, <laughs> going back to that beautiful red hair. Now, I, I was just talking to Susie, our fearless leader, uh, recently, which uh, she was talking about the, the new curriculum, and she says, uh, talk about good, better, and best. What What is that? So we teach a lot in a lesson that it can be overwhelming to somebody. Uh -huh. So the idea with the good, better, best is these are kind of stepping stones where you can pick one of the items in the curriculum that or in that lesson that it might be easy to implement, like changing your toothpaste. And that's a good step to take. Uh, and uh, to get to best, that would be maybe going and finding a biological dentist to get those amalgam fillings taken out and things like that. And the also the idea with good, better, best is it's the easier stuff to, to do in the, in the good and it's the cheaper stuff to do <laughs> and things can, can get uh, more expensive and harder to do as you get to best. Yes. I just found a biological dentist because I still have those metal things. I thought, Oh, I forgot. I've got metal fillings back there, back from when I was just a kid. So I found the only one in the area here and found out he's a really good one, but yeah, they're not cheap and no. insurance doesn't necessarily like them. So, That's right. yeah, he's definitely under best. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, in fact, I'm just, I visited there one time and then they kind of said, well, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. I do have root canals that they need to replace, which I, that's total shock to me. I didn't know root canals were not, you know, the best thing for you. And he came very highly recommended from somebody out in Houston. So I'm, that's definitely where I'm going, which is so weird because he's like at 45 minutes from me. And the dentist I was using is literally a walk outside of my neighborhood. I mean, I can almost throw a stone and hit his place. I don't. I don't like throwing stones at, at buildings, but uh, it was much more convenient. But uh, I like to have the best. So that's, 
that's exciting. Wow. Yeah. So the other thing Susie likes to emphasize, though, is that healing does not have to cause you to go bankrupt. Yeah. So if you can't, for example, afford a biological dentist, there's strategies to detox from those fillings or whatever that you're dealing with in your mouth. Okay. Now, is that available now, the new the new curriculum, or are you wrapping it up? Or It is available now. We rolled it out to the new group leaders in uh, at the end of February. Okay. The only thing we're working on right now is the PowerPoint files. It's basically all the words that are in the um, <laughs> participant guide or on the PowerPoint slides. So we're trying to make them less wordy. And that, that'll be rolled out soon. All right. Now, have, have you met Susie in person? Yeah, I. So we, of course, we were meeting in Zoom for a long time, and, yeah. but then in October, as kind of to to wrap up the whole curriculum update project. Well, it didn't really wrap it up, but we, we had a big review meeting in Atlanta at her hometown, and she uh, uh, welcomed me into her home. She and Jeff, and unfortunately, Barbara wasn't going to be able, didn't wasn't able to make it. She got sick. Mm. Didn't want to get on an airplane being sick. So she had to join us on Zoom. Um, then there were others involved that helped us to review the curriculum that whole time. And one funny story is I, Susie, for some reason, thought I was taller. <laughs> I don't know why we were, we were meeting on Zoom and I was always sitting. But for some reason, she thought I was taller. And I'm only five foot. Well, the doctor just measured me this morning. I've shrunk. I'm only five foot and a half inch. <laughs> yeah that's not that tall <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that half inch is important right oh yeah <laughs> gotta emphasize that and the other thing that struck me is i get to of course see where she works in the office and i was just surprised by it's such a small little office it's just enough room for her and her assistant sarah and in fact, she showed me the office they were in before that, and it wasn't, wasn't more than a broom closet, but <laughs> how professional the website looks and all the materials, I, I just thought it was a bigger organization than it actually is. So I really learned a lot about the organization itself and how, how dependent on volunteers Healing Strong is. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I kind of did the same thing. Of course, I, I'm only like an hour and a half from her. And I happened to be in Atlanta for something else, meeting someone else in Atlanta. You know, my favorite place to drive around because the traffic is so nice. <sighs> Sarcasm. <laughs> but then I thought, hey, you know, let me, I got a little time. Let me visit, see if I can call Susie. I've never met her in person. Uh, I just want to see what the place is like. And, you know, like you, I'm thinking, is it a big place? Or is it a little place? Uh, are they meeting in a parking lot, you know, with a, with a folding table, you know, she happened to be there and she said, well, yeah, come on by. And of course she did a quick background check on me. <laughs> Some strange guy. I'm coming by. So yeah, she had to move out of the office just so we can talk. <laughs> we went to a little break room and we got to talking. And then she says, well, we really want to do a podcast. I said, that's weird. Cause I do podcast. How bizarre is that? And so that's how this all started. Just for my, uh, my prompting to stop by the office and, uh, and see what's what. So it turned into podcasts. And so someday I'll talk to Betty, I said. And here we are. My dream came true. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? Uh, so obviously, if people want to get a hold of you, then go to our website and look up groups because you're being in the Colorado area, right? 
Yes. So it'd be healing. My email is healingstrong.coloradosprings at gmail.com. Well, Betty, it's been great talking to you. And uh, I feel like I'm in Colorado right now. So that's uh, as close as I can get this year. But maybe next year I'll come out to Colorado again and uh, get some skiing on the bunny slopes there, which are probably as big as the big slopes out here in uh, the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll see you at the uh, 10-year celebration coming up in September. Oh, yeah. That would be great to meet you in person. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I hear you're pretty tall. (laughs) (laughs) Now, people like Betty are like total opposite of me, the way she can think things through. Rewriting uh, the curriculum or tweaking it or however, however you can put it. I mean, correcting different things and... I just don't think in that way. I don't know if you know that or not, Allie, but mm. I don't think like that. What is she, 5'1"? Five, five, she's not even 5'1". She's five and a half inch. She's tiny. She's little. Out there in Colorado, redhead in Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite states. Did I mention that? I know. You love that place. Why don't you go visit her? Uh, I don't know. I, don't I doubt time. she'd like it if you just showed up. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, well, she's she probably needs to prepare for things. I don't prepare for things, so because we're total opposites in that area. But we need, I need people like Betty in my life because Healing Strong needs people like Betty. Yeah, well, they got her, and yeah. uh, her and, and Barbara Duck Duck Juice <laughs> working together, helping that curriculum. Of course, working with Susie, and believe it or not, they think she's awfully sweet. That Susie. I mean, who doesn't? I don't know. I, I, I know she is. I'm yeah. still watching her. There's got to be another side to her. <laughs> no human could be that sweet. You're always trying to catch somebody. Jim, just let it go <laughs> and just admit that she is one of the nicest people we have ever met. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it brings you encouragement on wherever you are on your journey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a five-star rating and maybe say something good about Allie. She's so fragile. Also, if you haven't already, go to our website at healingstrong.org and check out the info on our 10-year celebration coming up September 29th and 30th at the Met Church in Houston. You don't want to miss that. And consider joining our membership program. Healing Strong is a nonprofit organization that depends on donations from friends like you that want to help us spread hope. And finally, if you're not in a group, you can find one near you Join a virtual one or learn how to start one of your own, like I did. All that information can be found at healingstrong.org.